Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, comment and upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. Also, look at our subtext community. Whenever we have little pieces of information, like we did about Wes Flanagan and potentially Alan Flanagan a couple of weeks back, we generally put it there first. So, that's something you can do. There's a free trial at the moment. There's not a lot of information, but it's a good place for us to you to interact with the show. I'm here with John Gillespie from the Grove Report. It's been a couple of weeks because life has happened, but John was at the Elite 11. He saw Damon Williams throw the ball. How you doing, John? I am doing well. Um, like you said, life has happened the last couple of weeks, but uh, thankful and blessed to be back on the show today and um Talk a little on Miss Sports. And yes. yes, I wasn't I wasn't the Elite Eleven and that was that was an experience. Yeah, this will be your first appearance on the show broadcasting at ten eighty P. Before we were a seven twenty P production, but we have since upgraded since then. Well, I've always said I have a face for radio, so maybe they won't hold that against me. Yeah, somebody was talking about, hey, um, Steve, will you put me on TV? I, even though, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the most attractive person. I was like, if attractive was the problem, I would be doing radio. This would be an audio-only podcast. So, obviously, yeah. But what was your first impressions of DeMond in Oxford? Well, uh, I think a lot of times, so obviously I did talk to him after the fact. Um, so, I'll, I'll start there first. Uh, this was my first one-on-one conversation with him. Um in person, I should say. And uh, I was struck by how level-headed he is. I think I'll start there um, because I think that's an important trait, uh, especially at, at his position. Um, gave really good answers. Uh, I talked to his dad some as well while while we were there. But um, athletically, I think he was – personally, I think he was the best or, or at least the second best quarterback um, on, on the field that day. I mean, that we, we talked some – uh, on the sidelines while we were watching him and his off-platform drills were really fun to watch. I mean, you, you could tell that that's what he enjoys the most. Um, and so that, that was something that kind of caught my eye and that and two, just his calm, cool demeanor a little bit, uh, which I mean, obviously it's, it's just a camp. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit different than game action, but um, ball looked good out of his hands and how he handled himself in the midst of competition against some other Really talented quarterbacks who were there, uh, I think I think spoke really highly of him. Yeah, and I think people need to understand whenever we're, you know, we're looking at DeMond and talking about his game, this camp environment, like you said, playing football is where he actually shines. He, he is the rare player that combine stats doesn't necessarily translate, but whenever it's 11 on 11, he can really shine. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think he looked good, I mean, even even in that camp setting. But I do think you're right. I mean, looking at more of a structured, quote-unquote, football-type setting, whether it be seven-on-seven seven or a normal game, um, you can tell there's a difference there, right? I mean, it, it may not fully jump off. I mean, because he's, he's not the biggest guy, you know, that, that kind of thing. But um, it may not jump off the page at a thing like Elite 11. But to me, I was still impressed. But also, I was keyed in on him pretty much all day. Um, just kind of watching how he how he did and everything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I was I was impressed, and he was a good interview as well. Yeah, and I believe he got waitlisted. He did not get the um, finals invite immediately, but was waitlisted. They've only invited six players. They're going to invite twenty, and I think they have two camps left. So they're going. Mm-hmm. There's still an opportunity for him to get an invite potentially. 
as well. Now, let's change gears just a little bit and kind of discuss the Chris Marshall situation and what 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 are you hearing in Oxford? So specifics as to what the team rules were that were broken. I, I don't feel comfortable saying anything specific because I've heard a few different conflicting things, but I think at the end of the day, what we do know is that team rules were somewhere broken, right? Whatever those may be. And apparently it was either egregious enough or a repeated offense enough to where he's no longer on the roster. So I know that you and I have talked uh, and you've, you've talked and I've written even outside of this setting that, you know, he was going to be a key piece in that room this fall. Right. I mean, just talent wise, we thought that the potential was, you know, definitely there. Um, But now, you know, I think the question that's on a lot of people's minds is, okay, where does Ole Miss go now? Um, And, you know, he's, he's not a very experienced kid. I mean, he, he hasn't been in the game as long as some of these other transfer portal targets may have been. Um, but that's still, that's still a blow that I think a lot of people weren't necessarily expecting. Um, but I do think there's potential there. One, I I think there's potential on the roster for Ole Miss to be still fine in that, in that room. Um, but two, I think there are potential targets as well that, you know, we'll see as the off season evolves that, um, could, could end up in Oxford. And I'm sure there's one in particular that we'll probably talk about here in a minute. Yes, yes, and and it's a very important one for this reason, and I'm probably going to be the only podcast covering Ole Miss that's harping on this, but Chris Marshall, the person that he hurt the most whenever um, he left the team and that hold that got put on the roster is Jackson Dart, a quarterback that throws the ball outside the hash marks in need of a big-time receiver to stand out. He doesn't work the middle of the field, and right now the strength of this offense is the middle of the field players, both tight ends and running backs, I think this is a problem for Jackson if they don't get Keon Coleman, who we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, no, I, I agree there. And, um, you know, obviously I think this is this is another big visit for Kiffin and company. Um, one, just because he's a good player, but two, because of the recent news that we just talked about, um, having to have something there that, you know, can kind of feel, regardless of how big the void is, I mean, that's that's another body that's no longer in that room, right? So, I mean, there is legitimately some form of void. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this is this is a big deal, like you said, for that reason, um, but also just, just as the news situation has developed. Now, what all do you know about Keon Coleman? Uh, I have not watched a ton of Big Ten football, um, but – I have seen his stat line and uh, what he was able to produce this past season and his measurements and blah, 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 things like that. So, you know, from, from that perspective, I mean, I, I think he's a very talented player. Now you've, you've probably watched more than I have uh, from that perspective. Yeah. Um, he's a receiver that has a decent catch radius. He works well in a crowd um, separation. That could be a separation issue, but he is athletic enough to actually do it and to catch nearly 800, 900 yards worth of receiving yards at Michigan State, which is essentially running the Alabama offense from 2011. That that's an impressive deal as well. Yeah, no, and that's that's something that um, you know he 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 exploded. Well, I don't know if "exploded" is the right word, but um, you know saw more playing time and took advantage of it last year, right? I mean, he he had a really good season a year ago. Um, now I'm not you, your strength is definitely much more seeing those kind of things, whereas mine is, okay, 
I, I'm a very numbers and stats oriented person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we complement each other well is because <laughs> you see the physical side of it a little bit more than I do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can see that for sure. Um, and I think that uh, this is this is a visit that Kiffin and the staff will be really pulling out the bells and whistles a little bit to try to say, hey, you know, you, you've got a shot to really make a big impact here in the SEC. Yeah, and I expect them to um, make a dent in the um, Grove Collective war chest for this one. I've heard, like, the amounts I've heard is just absolutely ridiculous. That doesn't mean it's true. That's just the rumors and gossip that people are saying. But I do expect Ole Miss to um, pony up a little bit on this one because it's obvious the way Lane Kiffin was building this offense before with Chris Marshall and everything, the way it was being constructed, and the one piece that couldn't mess up for it to be the – free-flowing, well-oiled machine that he was hoping it would be is the one that he had to let go. So that's mm-hmm. the reason I think there's a desperation, a little bit of attempt to try and conserve what was being built in the spring. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree there. And, um, you know, that's that's something that I know took a lot of a lot of fans by surprise, or maybe not necessarily surprise, but I don't know. They, they, they weren't happy about it, okay? We'll just say that. Um, weren't happy with the development. So anything that can be brought in quickly to kind of salve that wound a little bit, they'll they'll be pleased with. Yeah, absolutely. Let's change gears just a little bit before I let you go. Let's move to the hardwood. I know we're still talking about basketball in May. This is a weird development for Ole Miss, but we are. Alan Flanagan entered the transfer portal. He's the son of Wes Flanagan, the nephew of Jason Buck Flanagan. Um, And it looks like the signs are directing where he's going to come here and another player. And if you look at what is being constructed by Chris Beard, I've talked about, and we're going to talk about this other name that you don't know much about, but I'll let you know in just a second. But if you take about what they're constructing, the offensive woes that Ole Miss went through last year, is kind of a gone. That's kind of a past situation. They've added points to where uh, six or seven players that Chris Beard has brought in is going to be in the 70 or 80 points per game range. Now, I understand that's different schools and that's not how they would play together, but that shows that they have the ability to put the ball in the hoop. Right, and, and I think, too, okay, in my mind there were two issues that the fan base wound up having with Kermit Davis. Well, I mean, there were more, but two specifically that I want to touch on. One, that he wasn't winning enough games, and two, he wasn't scoring enough points, which led to him not winning enough games, right? Scoring a lot of points in basketball, to me, is the sexier, you know, it attracts more fans, attracts more eyes, that kind of thing. So not only does it obviously make your team better, but it also gets people more engaged. And so I think that it was a smart move, one, to to do it, yes, just to make your roster better, but two, it's, you know, fans, when they see that, that's going to make them – want to be more engaged with the program, I think. And that, that may just be my opinion, but that's how I see it. Yeah, and another name that is making the rounds is Andrew Taylor. He's a point guard out of Marshall, um, 6'3 guard, 20 points a game, all-conference player. Ole Miss popped up almost immediately for him. Now everybody's trying to get on him. There's a chance it could blow up and kind of get kind of get crazy on Ole Miss here. But – He's kind of a little bit of a shooter. He kind of fills that void that when you see a bunch of these wing players out there, another shooter on the floor, it, it could be beneficial. You can see the way that Chris Beard is trying to construct this roster, honestly. Yeah, which is it should be exciting if you're a fan, right? Because 
I think the last since I guess it was 19 was that the tournament year I get confused whether it was 19 or 18 Davis's first year here since then it has been you know kind of a downhill spiral as far as the basketball program is concerned because fans just were not engaged anymore once they saw that you know this this team one was not going to make the tournament but two just wasn't really going to be competitive to even make the tournament um something in the offseason to spark that interest okay Chris Beard's hiring did a lot of that, but now the work that he's doing on the recruiting trail and in the portal, that that's just going to add to it. Yeah, it should be interesting. And, like, season tickets are on sale right now, everybody, if you're listening to this. So contact the ticket office. They can, they can hook you up because this basketball team is going to be worth watching in the fall, if nothing else. They might not make the tournament. It's not going to be last year. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think that it would be – it would be horrendously bad if it was like last year, right? I mean, that's that's not even remotely the expectation. So, Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show, Derek Vandy Griff. We're going to do a minor league report on Ole Miss Rebel players because we're going to preview the weekend series against Auburn, but we're, we're trying to find other uses for Derek as well because it's got it's hit that point in the season where I want him to get more than 70 views, which it was kind of doing that. But anyway, thank you, John, for stopping by. Uh, always a great time to talk to you, man, and we'll talk next week. All right. Sounds great to me. Thank you, Stephen. Take care, bud.